This podcast is presented by Pacific Office Automation, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at PacificOffice.com. J.J. Watt in the backfield. J.J. Watt, baby. Connor to the 10, to the 5, and into the end zone for the touchdown. Welcome to Cardinals Underground, presented by Pacific Office Automation. Visit PacificOffice.com. Problem solved. Touchdown, Tyler Murray. That defender is in multiple pieces. Oh, that was nasty right there, right? The latest news and notes from the insiders who cover the team. Drilled by Simmons. Isaiah Simmons is balling. Bring it on, bring it on. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. I ain't scared of nobody. Here's Paul Calvisi. You know, in so many ways, I think it is a crime that We are not a video podcast, at least maybe not yet. Hint, hint, foreshadowing, perhaps. Good point. Because right here, right now, somebody get my picture, because this is as close as I'll ever be, Danny. I know, you're looking at me already, but... (laughs) He's trying to show off his biceps with a tight t-shirt. No, right now, I just want to say that this is as close as I'll ever get to being the CEO of anything, being in charge of anything. Just being at the head of this table right now, in this meeting room, this conference room, in this hotel on the top floor, with a view of downtown Nashville, and yours truly, for some reason, unknown... Uh, you know, truly random, let's be honest, that I'm at the head of this table, I'm feeling pretty powerful right now. I, I'll do, you know, I might have to, I don't know, issue a decree here by the end of Cardinals Underground, <laughs> brought to you by Pacific Office Automation, Danny Sarek. In that white Cardinals t-shirt, you look like a CEO, Paul. <laughs> yeah. Where's the tie? Anything but. We need to get the tie again? Let's see, he's got a t-shirt, he's got shorts and tennis shoes. Yeah, he definitely looks the part. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you this. This yeah. is, uh, we're not even on the top floor. I, I briefly went in the top floor yesterday to kind of inspect the uh, the workout room. I may work out at night because, like, the huge windows are, like, right out on, like, the beautiful downtown. Like, it, it, it's actually worth, like, getting on a treadmill or something just to kind of get the view up here on the hotel can i give you a pro tip on working out at a cardinals team hotel it has nothing to do with the workout itself just make sure you're not working out when the team is around because inevitably one or two or three of the 90 guys will be up there <laughs> and it's never good to be in the same weight room i've done that before <laughs> as as a as an nfl player uh that happened that's happened to me a few times and yeah. you, you you want to feel like less of a human being uh get in a weight room when there's an nfl player next to you even if it's the hotel weight room okay wasn't, wasn't buddha baker in that uh hard knocks clip he said he was lifting like what what were those weights 110 110s. 110s. you can't do that paul and paul paul insulted well, him i made the mistake of I, I I don't know how it came out. It was I realize in, exactly what you were doing like halfway through yeah. it, but when you first said it, I thought I you were so. trying to insult him. Too. I guess so. I and, and I'm Buddha, like, wow. Buddha took it like like I'm going to insult anybody about being a pencil neck. Are you kidding me? So uh, I got to find Buddha at some point and explain myself. Uh, although I did take just just to, I did take some blowback on camera. That's true. Yeah. Just to, as a quick uh, refresher, uh, Buddha was doing some weightlifting for the la- latest Hard Knock Shrug. He was doing shrugs with dumbbells. And Paul noted that they were 110-pound dumbbells, but he just said they were 110s, right? And Buddha's like, yeah. And he goes, that's more than you weigh. And all of us were kind of like, wow, that's a kind of a slap. And, uh, and, and Buddha, Buddha to his, wow, we got jokes uh, in, that, in his Buddha voice. But then you made the point, rightfully so, that 110 plus 110 is 220 and that probably is more than what Buddha weighs and I think once he heard once he got that 
then he, I think he was a little bit better. Well, I violated my own uh, rule of life, no math. That's what I get. That's go. what I get for violating that rule. So there we go. Uh, you know what else we didn't get? We didn't get a bucket at out in the extreme humidity of Nashville. What are you talking about? That's right. Roll reversal. Darren had the bucket hat on. Danny did not. Well, here's here's what makes sense. And Danny, I'm sure she's going to argue with me, but I actually wear the bucket hat when you're outside when you actually need a bucket hat, whereas Danny wears it inside for God knows why. I mean, next thing you know, she's going to start wearing sunglasses inside and... And we're going to be wondering what she did the night you before. Know, yeah, I was going to say, Darren, this, we've only been in Nashville one night. Give me a couple more nights and then you'll probably see me wearing my sunglasses indoors. You know, in all, in all honesty, the bucket hat when we were practicing at State Farm Stadium for training camp was usually if I didn't feel like doing my hair and more oh, of a fair. fashion statement. And the only reason I did not wear my bucket hat outside of the joint practice with the Titans yeah, is tell. because I forgot to pack it. Oh. I When I unpacked from the wigwam, I put my bucket hat, like I unpacked everything. I didn't like leave stuff in a suitcase. Like I completely unpacked, like that's easier for me to just start from scratch. So I put it away up in my closet. And so then I completely forgot to pack it until you mentioned a bucket hat. And I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think to bring mine, which is a huge bummer. Okay. So here's here. Let's, let's balance these out. What's worse forgetting your bucket hat when you're going to be outside in 90 degrees and high humidity and, and you're going to be horrible or or you're a starting NFL quarterback who's torn his ACL, and then you go on a, on a road trip where you're going to be gone a week, and you forget your knee brace, which I don't know if you remember, but Carson Palmer did that. That's right. And didn't wear his knee brace in 2015 against the Lions and got away with it, and then they had to get it over to the Greenbrier because he just forgot to pack it. <laughs> that sounds worse than the bucket that hat. That sounds worse. Yeah. I was trying to make you feel better. <laughs> right, you so did, you know you did look good but, in your but, bucket hat, though. But, well, thank you. Although Grayson made me take it off for the video. Well, yeah, and at one point you wanted to flip the top of it well, like whatever, JJ does, I and just... I said, that's not allowed. That's not stylish. <laughs> All right, so things <laughs> we – tell JJ you said that. <laughs> How about this? We'll go forward in the following fashion. Things we did see and did not see during the Cardinals' joint practice yeah. with the Titans. Okay. Uh, we did see DeAndre Hopkins and more than one one-handed catch. Yeah, uh, that was pretty good. And and, and much to uh, D-Hop's delight, it was caught on video. There was some question early as to whether his spectacular one-handed grab in the end zone there was caught on video, but it was. As Cliff Kingsbury joked later, he can put that on his IG story. Is yeah, that what he said? He's, yeah. he's got so, content for his IG. Right, so there you go. That means Instagram, Paul. Thank you. <laughs> And so he went. Google that on YouTube. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Okay. So it just it, ne- it never stopped. First Buddha, <laughs> now the two of you. So it happens in three. So hopefully that's the end of it. It's a three just already. My goodness. I will say, is it a little bit depressing after today that, okay, yeah, that's right. We don't have DeAndre Hopkins for six games. When you watch him do that, we've seen him do so little in practice. And then he has a day like today, and you're like, man, that's right. He's not going to play six games. You know what's interesting? We were leaving, and did you happen to hear what the Nashville Sports Talk Radio blowhards were talking about? <laughs> and I, pa- I, I pause there because I'm, I'm definitely in that group. Yeah. Anyway, they were talking about Caleb Farley, who actually won a rep against D. Hop. Really? One-on-one. Okay. It was right in front of me. And you know what? It was sort of a stop and go to the pylon. And Caleb Farley, the Virginia Tech kid from a year ago, had mostly injuries this season, wiped out most of his rookie season. Was but the guy has, a lot of people wanted the Cardinals to draft. Yeah. And, and, and he has all the measurables. He's 6'2". He's very fluid. He's very long. I mean, he looks the part as an elite corner. And he was step-for-step with D-Hop. And he had a nice pass breakup. So that's what the Nashville Sports Talk radio folks were talking about. But a few snaps 
later, D-Hop had one touchdown and then a one-handed touchdown, the second of which was against Roger McCreary, their high draft pick this year, the rookie, who definitely got a lesson going against D-Hop. So we saw that. And that's sort of in between whether we saw it or we didn't. We did see it, but we won't see it officially until <laughs> week seven. Okay. Now, we also saw Cody Ford, who, speaking of looking the part, I mean, he definitely has the tree trunk legs of an offensive guard, does he not, Danny? He, yeah, he, he definitely looks the part. But what was impressive was I believe he was mostly a right guard in Buffalo. Is that correct? I know he can play – both sides and in a pinch can also swing out to tackle but he slid right into left guard because Justin Pugh is dealing with that stinger and the fact that he was has been here for what he's been a part of the team for three days at this point I don't even think it's that not even that long and to to be able to have at least enough of an understanding and so good at your job that you can go right in with the ones says a lot Um, I will say it was really nice to see the offensive line as a whole because we have not seen Ron, center Ronnie Hudson practice really at all, and he was practicing. And it was also good to see um, Will Hernandez out there as well, who was his was a, a knee or an ankle that was kind of banged up, right? Ankle. An ankle, and he was practicing as well. So those are both good signs. But, yeah, seeing Cody Ford out there um, makes you feel good about the fact that he was already ready to, to step in for Justin Pugh. You know, there are a couple of teams I'm shocked didn't make a trade for Cody Ford. I'm surprised, like, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers didn't go after Well, yeah, Cody given Ford. where the Buccaneers are right, right now, absolutely. I mean, and, you, and you wonder a little bit about, you know, everybody said, oh, fifth round, fifth round. Maybe a fifth round is what it took to get them from other teams who are willing to offer, let's say, a sixth. And, and, and you know, and I was – I think – I can't remember if you and I were talking about this already, Paul, but, like, the Cardinals do have three comp picks, Um coming from this this past free agency they didn't they didn't uh sign anybody that would hurt them in free agency comp picks and they lost christian kirk and chandler jones and chase Edmonds. so they're going to get an extra third fifth and sixth round pick so giving up their fifth they're still a little bit ahead in terms of that draft class so they had a little bit of a little bit of capital they could play with in terms of their which given their offensive line injuries they desperately need right now Hopefully it's only a short-term thing, but also when you start looking at the cornerback situation, I got to be honest. I'm I'm usually like, let's see where we are when we get to the season and all this stuff. And even I'm starting to get a little leery about what the Cardinals are going to run out there at cornerback as it stands. Okay, it we'll, is, we'll get to corner in a minute. All right, I was so, just going to so. say, I feel I feel like we blinked, and all of a sudden, it's what's happening to this offensive line, right? It's. You know, Danny Isadora is dealing with something. Justin Murray, Will Hernandez was dealing. Justin, P- it's all of a sudden Marquise Hayes, the rookie. It's and it's the end of training camp that it's all happening. So the fact that they were able to bring in a veteran offensive lineman who has that versatility, both sides of guard can swing out to tackle, was huge. I mean, a trade wasn't unexpected. To Darren's point, we just thought it would be a corner. Yeah, and and. and 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 when that trade happened, you sort of you look, and then you realized, oh wait a minute, Justin Pugh's dealing with the stinger. Will Hernandez at that time the ankle, although he was back here in Nashville. Now think about what's behind those guys, theoretically. Yeah, Rashad Coward, I don't think played all that well in preseason game number two. Well, the first thing I thought of when the trade happened and Coward's still healthy was that Coward's not doing as well yeah. as maybe they'd want. And then what's behind Coward? Well, you have a sixth and seventh round rookie. 
And for everything well, they like about Lasita Smith and Marquise Hayes, Marquise Hayes is banged up a little bit as well. And you're totally unproven. And you're also missing Danny Isadora, who is the guy I think they were looking at a guard. And now he's got some kind of foot injury or lower leg injury. Uh, obviously, Cl- Cliff Kingsbury is being very hush-hush about most things now, as we'll get to with Hamilton. But um, with Isidore, he did allow that it was probably a few weeks away. And so now we're talking about, I'm sure, into the regular season. So now, okay, you've got to have something there. And then also on the sideline, not only Isidora with a boot on the sideline against the Ravens, but there's Justin Murray. Unknown exactly what the severity of that and injury he's, is. He's barely done anything since right. early last season because right. of all his injuries. So, you know, Cody Ford, in a lot of ways, wasn't a want. That was a need. Yeah. And, um, and to me, there's a lot of similarities between him and a Will Hernandez. Both high second-round picks. Just didn't quite get traction the last couple of years with their existing team. Yeah. Will Hernandez had like four different offensive line coaches in four years. Yeah, probably their best tape was early in their career. And, and so, boom, you bring them in and, and you hope you buy low and you sell high and you get that sort of performance out of, out of a Cody Ford. We'll see. Obviously, has that connection with Kyler and the Oklahoma, you know, sooner thing going on. So, okay, we saw Cody Ford. He's wearing number 72, by the way. Things we did not see, uh, the corner Antonio Hamilton, speaking of starters. What do we know here, Danny? <laughs> this won't take long. What do we know on Antonio Hamilton? Uh, not good news. He had a doctor's appointment earlier in the week, and then after practice it was asked to Kingsbury where Antonio Hamilton was, and he just said they're still figuring that out, which was, oh, okay, he's, he's hurt. So when somebody asked what he was dealing with, Kingsbury said, we're going to keep that. So we'll let you know we'll let you one, know when we, we have to. Yes, when they have to put it on the injury report, which means two things. One, it's not good if they're not going to tell you. And two, the fact that he says we're going to wait till week one when we have to means that he's clearly not going to be ready to start the season, which means Marco Wilson is now back to being your starting cornerback, which makes me wonder, and I meant to ask this today, we'll have to ask it to Kingsbury tomorrow, is does that mean that Marco Wilson is not going to be playing now on Saturday? That's a good question. I, I, I'm going to say this. I'm not 100% sure that means Antonio Hamilton's not playing week one, but it sure sounded like he's going to be on the injury report week one, one way or the other. I mean, you could be on the injury report and still play. It's going to be, you know, this is always a fascinating thing. Um, love Cliff Kingsbury. Understand where he's coming from. Injuries is a, is a tough subject for him. Understandably, I get it. Uh, I, and I understand if coaches are hesitant on it and they're allowed to. As long as we can ask the questions, it's up to them to whether they want to say much. And uh, But I will say that for the most part, when somebody said, what's wrong with X this preseason? I mean, you usually have to follow up and make sure you ask it or he, he's not going to volunteer it. But he at least says what the body part is. When he doesn't say it with Hamilton, I don't know if it's because we're that much closer to the regular season or because it's something – That's my question is if he's not going to say, do you think it's maybe like a back where it's usually something that continues for a while and there's not always something like a calf or an ankle or a knee where you can kind of have that kind of different type of PT? Uh, Honestly, my thought is with him, with Cliff, it could be anything. I mean, it it could be even so much as like, okay – we weren't going to do anything with him for the rest of the way because he's our number two anyways. And now we've got the opportunity to get it out there that he might be hurt. And now the Chiefs have to be thinking, oh, maybe he's hurt. Maybe he's hurt. And then all of a sudden you throw him out there and he's 
perfectly fine. So he's playing chess and everyone else is playing checkers. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, if I wish I really knew. Do, I mean, in my heart of hearts, I do think that there's probably something up. But, like, when would this have come up? I mean, Paul and I were talking about the Pew stuff. Pew, Pew hasn't been practicing a lot anyways. No. He didn't play in the game, and then all of a sudden he's banged up. It's like, okay, what happened there? When did this happen? Did he sleep wrong? Don't know. I, you know, and, and he looked like he was moving okay to, at practice. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't dressed, but he was out there and helping out. And look, you can get a, a neck injury like that, a stinger injury, early in your career, and it can plague you. That's true. For another ten years, the, the rest of your life. I mean, I've heard guys talk about that. So, who knows? I mean, there's no chance whatsoever that an Antonio Hamilton doesn't have an injury at all, or maybe something akin to a Marcus Golden. Injury, now that he's CB2, there's – I'll move on. Let's see here. Things that we uh, saw and didn't see out there. Um, we saw a couple of picks in 11-on-11, 11 11, did we not, did. about Tay Daly. Let me just say something about the back end of the safety room. Okay, You have arguably the best pair of starting safeties in the NFL. And, yeah, Kevin Byard was out there for the Titans, and he's higher ranked on the NFL 100. And, honestly, I meant to ask I was Buda Baker. Say, you forgot to ask I forgot to ask Baker. I was so thrown that I got ripped by Buda Baker over the shrugs <laughs> of the true. 110. You were, you were completely so you were a mess I was, I was a, I was you, a complete. I was Pauly Puddle after that. He was. It was he a really total was. mess. And so I, now i got to double back. Not only do I have to apologize, I want to see what he likes from. Although I did ask it of a talent evaluator on the sidelines. So what do you think of Kevin Byard versus a Buda Baker and a Jalen Thompson? He said, well, you know, and he kind of him and he said the one thing you can argue with on Bayard is ball production meaning interceptions yeah. he's got like 20 picks over the last three years or something stupid Buddha finally started getting some yeah. picks true true took so, him a while but he got some so anyway um where was I going with that oh best <laughs> best starting combination pair of safeties in the NFL arguably okay but what about the back end of that room I mean let's be honest in two preseason games has James Wiggins stood out with his tackling that's a resounding no. Uh, Deontay Thompson had an unfortunate uh, attempt at a tackle on a strip that didn't work out so well that ended up into a chunk play. And, and I mean, if, if you're looking at a complete unknown coming off the radar, uh, Tay Daly has played pretty well. That's interesting. I don't expect him to make the final 53, but he's got to get the coach's attention a little bit. And to me, they have to be wondering about the back end of the safety room, don't they? Am I forgetting anyone? I well, know Isaiah Simmons obviously is considered a safety. At this point, it sure seems like Isaiah Simmons is in that safety group. And you you probably have taken somebody out of the equation with Charles Washington getting a chest injury. Yep. Whether he would have made the team, I don't know, but he was a good special teamer and he got hurt and – we don't know the specifics of the chest injury, but usually that's not a great thing. Uh, so that's one less guy that you're going for. And, you know, again, when you start talking about 16 on the practice squad, I think it's still 16. Um, that's a lot of uh, players. And when you, when you start figuring, let's just say for argument's sake, by the time they play the Chiefs the first week, I'm going to say – 52 of the 53 guys are here. They're going to have at least one guy they pick up by trade or by waiver or whatever, maybe two. Uh, and then on the practice squad, I'm thinking maybe two or three from another team. So you're still talking about 65 guys, 66 guys that are on this roster right now out of 80, or 81 with Bernard Sykovitz, that are still going to be around once we get to the regular season because they'll be back on the practice squad even though they're quote-unquote well they will not quote-unquote they are cut 
but you're going to bring back a ton of those guys anyway. So maybe Tay Daly fa falls into that place. I, there's a few guys like that where I'm thinking, not going to make the active roster, but I absolutely see these guys on the, on the practice squad. And isn't that cutoff date for the 53 Tuesday the it's, 30th? Yes, it is. So less than a week. And then they'll have, and then practice squads will be figured out probably by the next day, by Wednesday or early Thursday, which is, of course, celebration from somebody like me who used to have to deal with final cuts on a Saturday uh, of Labor Day weekend. And then, you know, Labor Day had the practice squad, and now it all should be settled before then. So I could actually have a day off or two. And that's really Are you all actually going to relax about. on your day off? Or Do you two? think I'm going to relax? No. Of course I'm not going to relax. But but I'll feel better that you guys can relax. Okay, fine. I'll relax. <laughs> Danny will be taking that much needed nap at, at, at that point. That's what, <laughs> that's what she'll be doing over there. Let's see. Things we saw and didn't see at the joint practice. Um, we saw we saw the Byron Murphy pick, which was captured very well. If you go to the Cardinals' Twitter account, there was a great shot of that. It was yes. off Ryan Tannehill. It was in the end zone. You can stamp Byron Murphy, regular season ready, I think. The uh, one cornerback we don't have to wonder about. <laughs> right. Uh, knock on this mahogany wood conference table over here. Smells of rich mahogany. Dennis Gardeck. What are we making out of Dennis Gardeck? What do I need to ask Dennis Gardeck on the Big Red Rage here in less than 24 hours? Because, man, is he – does he look good or what? And he, he was giving Taylor the wand. Taylor the wand was having some Chandler Jones flashbacks based on Dennis Gardeck coming around <laughs> the edge with abandon today. Dennis has looked good throughout. I don't know if this is technically still training camp or not, but throughout pre training camp throughout and preseason pre has looked good. And I feel like almost every practice he is getting verbal praise from a defensive coach, special team, something. He is getting pointed out of how well he is practicing. And I, I think that – that is a good sign for somebody who, you know, had that ACL injury two years ago and was working through that and somebody who's going to be having a much larger role than he's used to. That's what you want to see. And I feel like he's been practicing well up until this point. When I, when I look at, at Dennis, I mean, you got a guy who went into 2020 thinking he was never going to play defense, probably. Then Chandler gets hurt. He's forced to play defense. Has the unbelievable pr production of seven sacks in what was it, ninety-four defensive snaps? See, I had ninety-three, and then I now I'm reading ninety-four. Do we have some revisionist this, history going it, on here with the snaps? Is this concerning to you? The, the, A little the bit, one difference? because I like it to be accurate. Your anal is what it I is. Just, but my anyways, goodness. Um, so so let's say it's ninety-three, whatever it is. It was amazing, and then he and then he hurts his knee, and he was clearly not the same last year. No. And it feels to me like you're getting a guy who is now completely healthy, but he also has that mental, not only knowledge, but confidence that he gained through that whole year to go back with that body. And that's what it looks like to me. Now, is he going to be a guy that's going to get you 10 to 12 sacks every year? I'm not going to go that far yet, but I, I do think he can give you a lot more than a lot of people might think. And obviously that's super crucial. And the fact that Marcus Golden hasn't practiced since August 1st has given Dennis Gardeck a ton of reps, a lot of them with the first unit. And um, I, I just, I like to be able to put him out there. I agree with Danny. I think he's looked fantastic and I hope he stays healthy, uh, which I don't see why he wouldn't because I, I think this guy has got the mentality and the ability, even at his size, to get some things done in the pass rush. And you talk about that confidence. I mean, he had that contract extension this offseason. 
That's sure that plays a large true. role in that as well. Was that three years? Yes. I wonder well, if Marcus Golden's <laughs> wondering about that himself. <laughs> well, guess what? He's scheduled to make more money this year than Marcus Golden. Yeah, well. So, hence, yes. you know, what – <laughs> Might be the toe injury. So, <laughs> look, it's just the Missy way. junk. It's just the, the the way. So, if you look at that outside linebacker spot, because there's a couple of assistant coaches who are adamant from day one. The most competitive rooms on the field going into camp were running back and outside linebacker. I'm like, outside linebacker? What are you talking about? You might as- well, uh, so now you have Marcus Golden. You have Devon Kennard, who I think showed up pretty dang well against the Ravens. He, he, he showed up in the stat sheet all over. I think he's regular season ready. We just talked about Dennis Gardeck. Victor Demukeji, has anybody made more progress in the last year than number 52? And it's funny you bring it up. You talk about Gardeck and Luan. There, the one time that I saw something out there today that had a chance of sparking, Ooh. never quite did, oh, do tell. was Luan and Demukeji. And I think Demukeji's got a little bit of that. That and, and so many people have compared him to Marcus Golden, a little bit of that junkyard dog, I think. Mm-hmm. I think Victor's got a little bit of that too, and he's got a really cool name. I like Victor Demukeje. He, 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 I him, can say that a lot. Him and Marquise Hayes towards the end of camp were this close to going. I they, believe it. They were John. Well, we know about Marquise yes, Hayes. Yes, they were John, <laughs> and they were going at it. And Marquise Hayes was doing with his hand like keep talking and flapping his hand. And Victor Demukeje said, "I'm right here. You can come after me." And there was a whole bunch of back and forth. And yes, I, I agree with him. In terms of the body type. It was interesting. Some of the old linemen compared him to Elvis Doomerville. Ooh, that's a that'd be. I mean, obviously, if you we know Wolf likes to talk about James Harrison. Yeah, and and that's the other one. A lot of James Harrison. Now Elvis Doomerville and James Harrison. We're just talking body types, but inevitably, when you bring those names up for body types, people start saying, "Oh, are are you saying he could be like that?" All right, we, we we're not going to get ahead of ourselves, but if he could be a little bit like those two guys, those are those are two really good pass rushers. So again, things we've seen and haven't seen. We've seen those four guys show up at the outside linebacker spot. We haven't really seen much from MyJ Sanders and Cameron Thomas, and Jesse Lucetta had a nice start to camp, but it's sort of I don't know plateaued a little bit, if you will. So I think the inexperience. Just the, the their state as, as rookies and making a position switch, especially for Cameron Thomas and my Jay Sanders being asked to do some different things that he didn't necessarily do at Cincinnati. I think there's a bigger learning curve for those guys than maybe we had anticipated. At least I'm not expecting any of those three to be a situational pass rusher week one. I would agree with that. I do think from what I can gather from what we've heard from you know coaches and whatnot is that my Jay Sanders seems to be ahead of Cam Thomas in that sense, um, a little more comfortable. But it's pretty much all come off as just being really raw. You're right, Paul, of just there's a big learning curve and it's just going to take time and it's going to take reps. But unfortunately, I don't feel like we're going to see that immediate impact from those two. I don't, at least not for the first couple of weeks. And that's what's hard is if this defense is going to have to start doing things by committee to fill that void of Chandler Jones and disrupt the passer it's pretty thin at the moment well and you know Devon Kennard wasn't out there today I don't believe I don't believe I saw him out there I didn't see him not sure what his situation is um I'm thinking he's good he was our post-game guest after the Ravens game yeah uh, yeah I'm guessing it was vet day I'm keeping fingers crossed on that it would have been vet day I mean most guys who were not doing much were still out there I mean even Marcus Golden was out there 
uh, it's true. watching his teammates. It's true. I, I, and by the way, the Titans' big pass rushers were going. Bud Dupree, yeah. Harold Landry, Jeffrey Simmons, Jeffrey Simmons, Tier Tart. They're they're a big time. I mean, there were there were some good battles. Cody Ford against Jeffrey Simmons. Uh, yes. you know, DJ, and Cody Ford looked pretty good. Yeah, and, and DJ Humphreys against Bud Dupree. Yeah. those were DJ. Look, I thought looked good as well in, yeah. in a lot of those one on ones. I, I just I think when it comes to the the younger pass rushers for the Cardinals, um, it doesn't surprise. I mean, to me, you're either you're, you come out of college, you're either like next level. Chase Young, one of the Bosa's, something like that, or you take some time to get there. And I, when you're talking about two third-round picks, I'm thinking it was going to take a little time for Cameron Thomas and my Jay Sanders to get there. I always kind of looked with everything everybody talked about with Sanders that he was kind of raw anyways. So this does not surprise me. And the question becomes then, like you said, like can they make it work with Gardeck and Kennard and Marcus Golden – uh, and Demo Keiji in the short term. Now, I, I think you, you're you going to throw some Isaiah Simmons in there once in a while, maybe even some Zayvon Collins in there once in a while, uh, and kind of do some things. But it's, you know, it was interesting. Ryan Tannehill told, uh, told reporters that the Cardinals got a little more complicated defensively than you would normally see in a joint practice. I heard that. Which felt like very much of a backhanded kind of comment. And... Yeah, was it an observation, a backhanded comment, or an excuse maybe because they didn't look very good no, in the two-minute drill? But see, the question is then becomes, were, were, the Cardinal, were the Cardinals a little bit more complicated? Was Vance Joseph, it's on the flip side of what you're saying, being an excuse, was Vance Joseph trying to do some things to make his guys feel good about where they are right now because they're not going to – and this is what – I struggle so much. I got an, a couple tweets after the – after practice, hey, how are the rookies looking at this? I mean, I can tell you some of this, but, like, every year we get we get to the regular season, we watch a little bit of stuff, and I'm like, well, never saw that coming. No, didn't really see that coming. <laughs> I mean, even last year, in a good way, did I see the Cardinals coming out and stomping the Titans? No. Hell no. No. So, I mean, it's it's just so hard to know until you actually get out there for reals. I will say, though, not just the two-minute drill – I mean, look, there there was a lot going on when it was one-on-ones because the Titans, Too much. the Titans have three practice fields. And so you've got essentially like one, sometimes two drills going on on both sides yeah. of all three fields. So I felt like I was just constantly walk, walking yeah. back and forth. But I will say it looked like the Cardinals were out were beating and outplaying in a lot of those one-on-ones. I felt like the wide receivers, you're talking about that D-hop catch, um, Javante Payton had a really nice uh, – uh, he beat his guy. He, like, put him on skates and fell, and he had, like, a really good one-on-one. I also really liked what I saw from our DBs going up against the Titans wide receivers. I just felt like as a whole – yes, the two-minute draw, but I felt like as a whole in those one-on-ones as well that the Cardinals looked good. I, I would agree with you, although it did make me think a little bit, especially when it looked – because I was trying to watch our uh, the, the Cardinals DBs and, and how they did. I mean – no one's going to confuse the Titans' pass receiving core with yeah. anything good. And I didn't see Robert Woods out there. I didn't. And Traylon Burks left before the eleven on eleven. So you know, and and the guy, the other guy they have listed as a starter, um, and I can't even pronounce his last name. And I note to self, I better figure that out by Saturday night. Number fifteen, he wasn't out there Are you either. Busy? So uh, you know, so yeah, you got any plans? <laughs> Want to uh, hang out? 
Uh, you know. Danny's looking forward to standing outside in the humidity. Darren, That's side note, oh, Darren, we are right. we are walking out to practice, and it was beautiful when we got That's out true. there. And I don't know how I knew, but Darren started his sentence and was like, "So did you know, like on Saturday?" And he paused for a second. I looked at him and because I'm doing sideline out on the field, which I did for our broadcast. About. And I looked at him. I said. I know you're not about to tell me that it's expected to be like 90% humidity during the game when I'm going to be out on the field, are you? And he goes, no, I was just going to tell you how like excited I am to be out here, you know? <laughs> well, because she started talking about how nice it is, and Chris Melvin, the media relations guy who, who stands on the sidelines the whole game, had already mentioned to me how potentially miserable it was going to be. And I was just going to use it. <laughs> she had said how nice it was in the morning, and I was going to use it. I'm like, yeah, Chris was talking about how – and it totally – I just went knew over it. my head that Danny was going to have to be out there <laughs> for a chunk of time too. How disappointed would you be if it was raining, Danny? Because <laughs> there is, is that potential. That is fair. I don't want that. I remember, was it Seattle or Chicago <laughs> or where it, this past season where you had that game? Uh, oh, Paul's I got too I, many to they, name. They, they all I bleed mean. together. But the Jacksonville, Jacksonville last year in week three, you want heat and humidity. Oh, my God. And, of course, you're on the visiting sidelines, so the sun is just drilling you, I mean, uh, for four hours. And, and to Chris Melvin's credit, he will wear that suit, and he will yeah, he stand does. there like he's a guard at Buckingham Palace. <laughs> I mean, it is amazing. He does not break form. Ohms, I need you to cut that so I can send it to him. It's, I, I will say, he, do, he does a lot better handling the elements in his suit than, than I ever do walking up and down there with a headset on, put it that way. Uh, so, so yes, you, you know, get yourself mentally ready. It's in the evening. No, it's an evening game. The sun will be down, Danny. What okay, do you have to sure. worry about? Okay, sure. I mean, you were out last night. Oh, Paul. Uh, last night, after dark, were you not? Is nothing you, sacred that had, we talk about? Is nothing you, off limits? You had no problem walking up and down Broadway last night. What about the sideline? I mean, right, Paul, right? Putting I'm me sorry. on Edit blast. that out. Edit that out, Okay, too. okay. Oh, my God. To, to make this fair. No, Buddha this, took me to task. Now it's just open fire. <laughs> Speaking of Nashville, we came out here. In fact, it was 2010 when the last time the Cardinals came out here for a uh, – <laughs> for a joint practice. And this is how long ago it was. I had a freaking Blackberry. And uh, for whatever reason, it was the middle of the day, and Fitz had asked us to meet with his social media guy. And so we're down there. It was me. Omsi were there. And uh, I may have partaken in Broadway the night before, and I had may have mentioned it. I was fine, but I may have mentioned it to Fitz, which was – the dumbest thing ever. And uh, he, he, while we're talking to this guy, I put my BlackBerry down. Another dumb thing to do. He took my BlackBerry, went on my Twitter account. Oh, no. And tweeted out, oh. having kind of a rough day after going out on Broadway last night. <laughs> that's great. I'm like, dude. That's really good. That's not right. Oh, that's solid. Well, so I take I mentioned on the podcast more than it going out to on my Twitter feed. That's right. We were doing a big red rage some five, six, ten years ago, whenever it was, and he gave away one of Tim Hovick's cars unannounced oh, uh, right. at the end of the show. I, I remember <laughs> that. Dan too. Ford. All of a sudden, Tim Hovick was giving away a brand new car he wasn't aware of, <laughs> and Fitz was just on air promising it to one lucky yeah. member of the audience. Uh, I think we've all got some that Fitz was, stories that in that was, regard. That yeah. was solid. Uh, so, but you're Larry. You get away with that kind of stuff, yeah, you know. I mean, I he's got a get out of jail free card for life. It's just I amazing how that tweet. works. You know who else – sorry, getting back to football because I'm sure, you know, as fun as it is talking about how I went out on Broadway, I was still 
very punctual down in the lobby to yes, get to was. practice. I Absolutely. was right on time. You were right Thank on you time. Much. You were a minute early, I believe. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, you know who else yet again looked good at practice was Greg Dorch. Yes. Continues. Continues yep. to look good. And I, I was – when the three of us were standing watching the two-minute drills, and he had – I don't even remember what the play was, but he had a play. And I looked at the two of you, and it just kind of clicked for me that I hadn't thought about how Christian Kirk leaving this offseason of free agency was directly affecting Greg Dorch because now Rondale Moore was going to have a larger role on offense and see Kirk's absence. So that not only gives Greg Dorch the opportunity to have more time on special teams returning, he's also had a really good camp and can now play that role – Maybe that Rondell Moore had, he can have more snaps than last year, and it all comes back from Christian Kirk leaving. Yeah. And I hadn't really thought about that until today, but he yet again had another good practice. He yet again received praise from A.J. Green when A.J. Green was talking to the media. A really good camp for Greg Dorch. And if Rondell Moore doesn't get back on the practice field, maybe you're going to need him. I'm not saying that that's what it's going to be. I noticed A.J. Green mentioned when I asked him about all the wide receivers banged up right now, and he goes, most of us are back in three to five days. And I'm like, Okay, Doc. <laughs> we're, we're at the it's Joseph. Good. We're not at a Holiday Inn Express. Yeah, so I don't know if I trust that. Well, you know what? Since teams, yeah, teams, teams are, are not required to put out the injury reports, as we've already stated ad nauseum, but uh, maybe we just go to A.J. Green. He'll give us the report. <laughs> He'll let us know exactly who's scheduled on what timetable and so forth. But it was genuine. When you, who asked him about Greg Dorch? Anyway, it, it was, was Jim Omohundro, the oh, great there Jim Omohundro. It was a genuine response from AJ Green. You can tell. No, no, no. Yeah. You can just tell when it's okay. All right, I'm pumping up a teammate. Well, I'm doing it. Or if he really meant it. And that's why I've asked the follow up of like, so do veterans like? Do you guys end up with favorites yourselves that you're kind of rooting for? Yeah. Because that's the first thing. That's why I asked the question because the way his face lit up talking about Greg Dorch, and then later he was also talking about Andy Isabella to a certain extent, but it, it was just. You usually don't see players, especially in the same room, like talk about. It. They he he definitely likes likes to see it when Greg Dorch succeeds. And unlike the three of us, what do you say about Greg Dorch and Andy Isabella? They don't complain, right? They just come out, they That's show up true. every day, they go to work, no whining, nothing. You well, know. we didn't even haven't even talked about Andy Isabella. The what he said after the Ravens game. That is right. I, I tell you what, during that Ravens game, and what do you have? Three, at least three first down catches. In that Ravens game, including a, including a sliding grab yep. for a first down. Uh, speaking of Holmes, I said in the headset, in the talkback, uh, sometime in the second half, I said, you know what? He's made a 53. If he hasn't made the Cardinals, he's made someone's 53 because this game's on national TV, and there are a lot of teams that aren't nearly as loaded at receiver as the Cardinals, and if he hits the street, somebody's picking him up. Let me ask the two of you a question because I started week four last season, so this is my first training camp with the Cardinals, but – from what I have learned, it seems like Andy Isabella always has a good camp. So what is not translate? Is it is it not good? At, you're you're good at camp, but you're not good enough to play in the regular season. Is it because the wide receivers core is just so good here? What what do you think has been? Oh, I would say he's having a better camp than I've well, seen. Well, he's, he's catching the ball a lot. He better. He did not have a good camp last year. He had COVID, and then he I think he got hurt. It was not good last year, and last year was the year everybody's like, okay, you either have a good camp or they're going to cut you. And I think that's what been kind of the weird thing with Andy Isabella is, is they've kept him through all of this, and and that's what I when he said the other day, and you know, and obviously his draft status has a lot to do uh, with his that. His draft status has a lot to do with it, but there's 
there is obvious frustration from Andy Isabella that he's still here. Um, and I don't, I mean, he made it pretty clear the other day when he was talking, he's like, no matter what happens, they're not going to break me. And it, he didn't do it in a mean way, but it's just, it's a reality. Like he put out an Instagram right before training camp about how much he's grown. And I think he's trying to embrace whatever he's in. But he said the other day, he goes, I know I can play. It's just a question of where it is. It might be too late here. He gets lost in the shot. He's look, he's, he's, not ahead of DeAndre Hopkins. He's not going to be ahead of Hollywood Brown. He's not going to be ahead of A.J. Green. He's not going to be ahead of Rondale Moore, and he's probably not going to be ahead of Antoine Wesley. So at best, that's your sixth receiver, and we haven't even talked about Greg Dortch. So the question becomes, do you keep him here in the short term to have a sixth receiver because DeAndre Hopkins is suspended, or do you just move on from him? He asked for a trade. They gave him permission to look for a trade. Nothing came out of that this offseason that the Cardinals were okay with. Um, but let me ask you this. D-Hop is not going to be there for, for the first six games. We don't know the status of Antoine Wesley with a hip slash right. groin. So, you, I mean, not only could he make the team, do you think he's going to dress week one against Kansas City just it, based on the state of the receiver room? He might have to. He might have to. And it's a little concerning just from the standpoint of, so who are you dressing that first week? Let's say you dress – Five receivers, probably? Tops. Okay, so let's say even if you want to dress five. A.J. Green's pretty big. Hollywood Brown's not. Rondale Moore's not. Andy Isabella is not. Uh, Greg Dortch is not. I mean – Because they they brought in Marcel Aitman, but then – He's gone. Yeah, he's gone now. I'm still holding out hope that Antoine Wesley can come back, but they've got such a small receiving room. You know, I don't know if Zach Ertz is their tall guy. But getting back to your question, Annie Isabella, I just – I think they keep hoping that he turns into something that, for whatever reason, he hasn't turned the corner. You know, his two – the two biggest things knocks on Andy Isabella has been too many body catches, doesn't catch enough with his hands, and struggles getting off press coverage. You know, and, I don't – I don't, and, and I would add, he at times loses confidence. And he's admitted that. Yes. So it was, but I think the confidence thing, I don't think that's a problem anymore. No. In fact, that was part of his quotes. I called him up right here. Quote, this is the best football I've been playing. I have complete confidence. He said that unprompted. And And, he looks like And that's key because he knows he's admitted on the Big Red Rage Report that has been an issue. Well, it's, it's a little bit like Matt Leiner. Now, Matt Leiner had other issues, but one of the biggest things that happened to Matt Leiner was Ken Wisenhunt was a was a yell in your face, not a pat you in the butt kind of guy with quarterbacks. And Matt Leiner was a guy who needed pats on the butt. And, you know, sometimes it's it's tough to go through what Andy Isabella went through and not completely lose your, your confidence, and I get that. And between that and I, and I don't think Cliff Kingsbury's lying when he says it's – or Sean Jefferson when he calls it a numbers game with Andy Isabella. That's true. Now, part of the reason it's a numbers game is because Andy Isabella isn't good enough to surpass the guys in front of him or hasn't been good enough. But, I mean, who are you putting, you know, the Dorch thing I think really crystallized everything. I mean, Greg Dorch came in and then he was the guy getting reps last year, getting snaps, getting game day dressed. Not Andy Isabella wasn't getting those snaps. It was Greg Dorch. So That's because Dorch was showing up and showing out on the scout team. I'm not saying it was yeah. wrong. But like, but then what really I think, really, when, he, when he says, and, I, and I'm quoting him now, they stack the odds against me, but yeah. that doesn't phase me. They can do whatever they want. They ain't going to break me. Yes. 
I think when they also signed Victor Bolden Jr. No, that's also true. We haven't even talked about it. Hey, yeah. it's another Victor. Good name. <laughs> so right there, you're like, oh, my goodness. Where does he figure? Don't well, and, Danny. Sorry, and uh, John Trey Kirkland has had a couple of good plays yeah, at training camp as well. Absolutely. It's. I mean – there's the, if, if Andy he's is, the first guy they're going to sign to the practice squad, probably yes. John Trey Kirkland. I, if Andy Isabel is on the 53 to start the year, I'm not 100% sure he's on the 53 to end the year. And Ooh, I think that has to do with ominous. <laughs> well, okay, so if you could get – But uh, I'm still rooting for him. I like Andy. So if you could him. get a sixth or seventh round pick for Andy Isabella right now, would you do it? Hmm. I, I, would, I would say yes, but – and I would think he would embrace the trade. I think, I think you have to know exactly what direction you're going in. I think you have to feel pretty confident Zach Ertz is going to be fine when the season starts. I think you have to feel pretty confident Rondale Moore is going to be fine to start the season. Those both may be already givens. I just don't get to know those things because Cliff's not going to tell me. I thought you had more pull than that, Darren. I don't know why you think it's funny that I like the name Victor. <laughs> Do you know what? We talked about naming my son D'Artagnan. Probably not very seriously, no, come but on. we what? did talk about it. Well, you're a big fan of the Three Musketeers? No, What's I just going thought on? I was, was going to cool. say, that's got to be from some movie or something. I don't know. You like no. the candy bar? No, we're just, that's one of those things you do when you're trying to figure out names for your, your first kid and you're screwing around and you're trying to find stuff. And in my case, trying to find names that I knew my wife would be like, hell no, and still wanted well, to like push them. Everyone would call them Dart. So that's, that's what that's she said. What, that's what we'll call happen. him Little Dart. And I'm like, yeah. no, we're naming him. We're, everybody's got to call him D'Artagnan, and there's a damn apostrophe, and that's how it's going to be. Okay. And what name did you end up going with? <laughs> Alec. Okay. A little easier. <laughs> and I got ripped by Buddha. What's going on around that's here? That's true. I mean, is there no justice out there? I'm, I'm, I, you know, come on. What, what's going on around here? <sighs> Getting a little okay. slap happy here, Paul. Okay. So – uh, what else have we missed from this joint practice that is newsworthy, noteworthy, uh, anything else? Covered pretty much there everything. was no fighting. Are you disappointed or not? Yes or no, Danny Sarek? No. Fans are going to hear me say no, and they're going to be disappointed in me that I'm not disappointed that there wasn't any fighting. That's not what you want. I mean, listen to the podcast from the beginning. You've talked about how banged up this team already Thanks, is. Thanks, Cliff Jr. I'm sorry. I understand maybe as a fan that could – whatever. But that's that's not – that's not what you want when you're entering the final days of the preseason, getting ready for your home opener. I'll be honest. We've seen enough when, of those when I at started, State Farm Stadium. When I started writing down all the names of guys that weren't practicing and are hurt and everything, I'm thinking to myself, don't anybody get hurt. And the last thing you want is somebody to get hurt in a fight. Um, and, and like, like for example, in Lions camp, how like two thirds of the roster isn't already just banged up. That's and on the, on a, I mean, out, out with injury, I, I have no idea. Um, so by the way, isn't it rich when Dan Campbell says he's doing a better job this year of keeping his emotions in check? <laughs> really? really? I mean, you just, all you have to do he, is go through the NFL films, Twitter feed. Is he know, really I, keeping his emotions in check? I need to go watch hard knocks. Cause I just see the clips on Twitter, but there was one clip in a meeting room. He had a pair of pants and he had them covered in yes. like sand just right. to have a visual of shaking right. the sand off the pants. It's very creative. I mean, then again, he's, He's having so much caffeine and whatever his morning drink was that came out a couple months ago. It's like the equivalence of however many Red Bulls every morning. You know what the down? I don't even like going to the beach in San Diego because I am always getting sand out. I would never intentionally put sand on any of my clothes. And then shake it out in the meeting room? 
It, it was oh, more like talcum powder was... or something. It was like baby powder. He's uh, like, whatever, whatever, it was. whatever that was. Yeah, because it, it, it was still a mess. It was like a LeBron effect and throwing the powder in the air. That's basically <laughs> yes. what it was. And it's just, um, you know, uh, the downside. going to make me go watch it. The downside is that you don't want to be the team following the Lions and Dan Campbell on hard knocks. What team is <laughs> following hard knocks in I don't know. November? It had the one player well, what, the one player only weighs 110 pounds, Paul. Would it be the better option if hard knocks had been following the Cardinals oh, throughout the beginning no. of training camp up until this oh, point, Paul? Oh, my goodness. Wow. You know, you know those producers, by the way. I've never seen a group of employees so invested into their job as NFL films. They're good at their jobs. They are very good at their jobs. Well, we know a lot of them from All or Nothing. And you can't tell me that they're not archiving all this good footage, all these good storylines, sensational, salacious, and otherwise. So what are you trying to say? It's going to be All like, the sound bites. It's going to be all unearthed and rehashed in episode one. You're, you're going to do Last Dance-esque where it's, it's going like, to come we're going to play over. in the present and yep. then you're going to dial it back to then and then play in the present and then dial I'm back. I'm telling you, the first two segments, the A and B block of episode one is going to be all about all the Cardinals drama in the offseason and here's what – and the, the Kyler press conference is going to come back Everything's going to come Calvisi back. Paul Calvisi mustache. <laughs> it's just, it's all going to come back. Danny and in the bucket You should have hat. grown out your mustache. You know, there's a couple uh, videographers in our department who are purposely growing mustaches because they're saying they are in Stashville. I, I had to uh, flex on. <laughs> Is that why they're doing it? Kevin I had to, Wang, Kyle Deroni, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah, I had to flex Stashville. on Kyle. I had to show Kyle my stash from the summer vacation. I had oh, to it would take know. Kyle about 11 like years to get the mustache you had, Paul. This is like six days worth. Oh, really? No. I can't grow a mustache, though. So, uh, yeah, it's coming. I mean, just just get ready for uh, that coverage um, coming back through Hard Knocks in uh, in November. That's just my prediction. Okay. Because that's the way those producers roll. You know, Danny. They, they love that stuff. It's all about the clicks. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, okay, anything else? What else? Uh, you know, nobody – Danny, you know, if you weren't going to use y'all after growing up in Texas, you're not going to get into starting to use y'all now here in Nashville, are you, by the end of the week? We haven't heard that out of you yet. I'm still surprised, you know, as, as someone from Texas, you don't use the term y'all. I've never heard you say Wait, that once. are you once. joking? No, I'm I dead feel serious. Like, I, feel like every, I feel like almost every week out here somebody makes a comment to y'all? me about saying y'all. I guess I'm not paying attention enough. All I know is I had some cousins when I was a kid, and they were <laughs> born and raised in Michigan, and they moved to Austin. And then – I saw him at a family reunion like six months later, and all three of them were saying y'all every other word. And yes. so I'm like, okay, come on now. That's the thing is usually I don't think I have a very thick accent. And so that's no, usually when don't. people realize like, oh, I didn't realize you were from Texas until I heard you just sprinkle in the word y'all. Now, I don't have cowboy boots. I don't have a cowboy hat. I'm not a big country music fan. I thought Key was going to make you get all those things. If he's going to buy them for me, that's fine. <laughs> no, I'm not going to buy them. Um, but I do say y'all. Uh, well, here's your story idea. Here's your, your sideline exchange with Trey McBride, right? Our Jim O'Mahoner asked Trey McBride from small town Colorado about going out buying a cowboy hat and boots. You need to go out shopping. There's another excuse to hit Broadway. You just go out with Trey McBride That's and That's the do only some reason shopping. to hit Broadway. That's, That's what you should do. I'm going to go to Broadway. I'm going to buy a hat and boots, and then I'm just going to walk right back to the hotel, and <laughs> I'm going to stay right. in my room all I'm not saying That's one right. word about Danny because my right. stories in Nashville over our road trips here the few times is – I'm, we're not going you guys there. just wow. wait till the end of the week when you actually will see me wearing my sunglasses indoors. 
Maybe what I'll do is I'll alert the uh, NFL films producers, Darren, about your sordid past here in Nashville. Maybe that'll come up, and you know, we, the they can they can go ahead and they can put the uh, Fitz tweet up on the screen as well. That'll be good. So let's hope How do everybody you tweet out of another man's account. Why would you do that? Because right. you can. Because because yeah, Fitz can get away with it. That, that's exactly why. And he recently bought you lunch, so you know what I mean. He came back. He that's made true. amends. He so there you go. And that is Cardinals Underground from Nashville. High atop the Cardinals Team Hotel, all presented by Pacific Office Automation.